The ocean's surface frothed and churned as the submarine, a sleek marvel of modern engineering, began its descent. This was no ordinary vessel, its exterior bore the culmination of humanity's best aquatic technologies, making it a formidable titan in deep-sea exploration. It was designed to withstand the extreme pressures and temperatures of the harshest environments, promising to unlock the mysteries that the abyss had concealed for eons. Outside, a cascade of bubbles trailed behind as the submarine made its way into the heart of the ocean, with the sunlight rapidly receding. The world became gradients of blue, from turquoise to navy, until the inky blackness swallowed everything whole. It was in this desolation that the submarine's exterior lights blinked on, casting a focused luminescent glow that cut through the absolute dark. Inside the control room, illuminated panels and screens displayed data and diagnostics. The hum of machinery and soft pings of sonar were the only sounds that gave a sense of normalcy in this alien environment. As they sank further, the ocean revealed some of its inhabitants. Out of the obsidian curtain, ethereal spectacles began to make their presence known. Creatures that defied imagination, bathed in their own radiant glow, drifted by. Some flashed vibrant blues and greens, creating an underwater firework display. Others, more ghostly, seemed almost transparent, with only their luminescent outlines visible against the dark. Jellyfish with tentacles longer than the vessel itself glided gracefully, illuminating their paths with a soft, pulsating glow. Anglerfish, with their menacing teeth and eerie lanterns, cast their predatory glows in search of prey. Yet, despite the beauty and occasional fright these creatures provided, there was an overwhelming feeling of isolation. It was a world of silence and vast emptiness. The weight of the water above pressed down, and with every meter they plunged, the anticipation grew, the unknown beckoning them ever forward. However, beyond the transient dances of these glowing inhabitants, nothing else seemed to exist. It was as if the world below was waiting, holding its breath for the submarine's next move, poised on the edge of a revelation that would change everything. The abyss stretched endlessly, but suddenly, as the submarine continued its relentless descent, a soft ambient glow began to pierce the black curtain. Initially, it was dismissed as a cluster of bioluminescent organisms, perhaps a mating spectacle or a feeding frenzy. But as they approached closer, the gentle glow started to separate and differentiate into distinct patterns. The source of light wasn't from any known aquatic life form. Instead, it was emanating from structures, solid and towering. Silhouetted against the soft glow, the outlines of buildings, bridges, and monuments began to take shape. It was as if they had stumbled upon Atlantis's sister city, forgotten and forsaken in time. The submarine's exterior lights intensified, allowing the crew a clearer view. Majestic skyscrapers carved from luminescent stone stretched upwards, mimicking the terrestrial counterparts, but these shimmered with an otherworldly aura. Their architecture was ornate, intricate patterns etched into their surface, reflecting civilizations and aesthetics that were both alien and familiar. Roadways crisscrossed between these titanic structures, but instead of the dull grey of asphalt or cobblestone, these roads, sparkled, 
paved with what looked like pure gold, catching and reflecting every glint of light. Vehicles, or what seemed to be transportation devices, lay abandoned. These weren't cars or trains, but sleek, aerodynamic objects hovering slightly over the ground, suggesting anti-gravity or some form of propulsion technology that was inconceivable to the submarine's crew. Around them, there were artifacts of daily life, open squares with now silent fountains, arenas that might once have held thousands, and colossal statues paying homage to beings or deities unknown to modern man. Machines, too advanced to be fathomed, stood dormant, their purposes mysterious, awaiting operators that had long since disappeared. But amidst this marvel, there was a haunting silence. No sign of movement, no traces of life. The city was a grand paradox, a testament to unparalleled advancement and achievement, yet devoid of its inhabitants, like a grand museum display of a civilization that had reached its zenith and then vanished. For the explorers in the submarine, a mixture of awe and trepidation filled the atmosphere. They had made what could be the greatest discovery in human history, but with every revelation, more questions arose. What was this place? Who built it? And where had they gone? The abyss had yielded its secret, but with it came a multitude of enigmas that beckoned the explorers deeper into the heart of the sunken city. Suddenly, as if reacting to their intrusion, the submarine's once steady control panel spiraled into chaos. Alarms rang out in harmonious disarray, their sounds melding into a cacophony that echoed ominously within the confined metallic space. Dials spun without adherence to any known laws of physics, zigzagging in frantic motion, showcasing numbers that didn't align with the maps or the depth the submarine was supposed to be at. Outside, the luminescent city responded in kind, its lights fluctuating wildly, casting fluctuating shadows that seemed to warp and twist with a life of their own. The surroundings flickered like an old film reel, each frame inconsistent with the last. The crew could feel it too, a pressing weight upon their chests, as if the very air they breathed was fluctuating in density. Time, the unseen river that always flowed forward, now seemed to whirlpool around them, pulling them into its vortex where past, present, and future swirled indiscriminately. Reality itself became malleable. The explorers were thrown into a tempest where spatial relations lost meaning. One moment, they were at the outskirts of the city, a place of towering gates and abandoned outposts. In the blink of an eye, they found themselves in the bustling center, amidst skyscrapers that pierced the oceanic ceiling, though no memory of the journey existed in their minds. The very fabric of time seemed to fold upon itself, creating pockets of accelerated ages, and decelerated moments. Fragments of visions flashed before them, glimpses of ceremonies held in grand amphitheaters, processions of beings with an ethereal grace, and then the sudden downfall, the destruction, and the engulfing darkness. These were not mere illusions, they felt vivid, as real as the metal that encased them. With every twist and turn, the submarine seemed less a vessel of exploration and more a tiny moat caught in the currents of an ocean that existed out of time. The crew clung to their seats, their knuckles white, as they fought to maintain their sanity amidst the relentless whirlwind of chaos that threatened to consume them. 
In this place where time looped and twisted upon itself, the explorers realized, that the city was not just a remnant of a past civilization. It was a living, breathing entity, a place that bore the imprints of its history within every stone and street, continuously reliving its glory, and tragedy in an endless cycle. As the crew fought to regain control, to re-establish their tether to a reality they knew, they couldn't shake off the creeping feeling that they were not just witnesses to the city's past. Somehow, they were becoming a part of its intricate, ever-shifting tapestry, woven into a story that had no beginning or end. With the initial shock of the anomaly subsiding and the submarine's navigation system attempting to recalibrate, the crew decided to deploy a fleet of drones to explore and document the enigmatic city. These drones, designed with state-of-the-art optics and sensors, were humanity's eyes in this alien domain. Immediately upon release, the drones, like swarms of mechanical bees, dispersed in all directions, delving into the nooks and crannies of the city. Streams of live footage began pouring into the submarine's central monitor, displaying sights that left the explorers both astounded and humbled. One drone entered what appeared to be a transportation hub. It showcased floating platforms that hovered midair, with intricate designs and glyphs shimmering on their surface. These platforms moved seamlessly without any visible means of propulsion, following paths defined by beams of concentrated light, suggesting an advanced form of magnetic or quantum levitation. Another drone ventured into a colossal structure akin to a library or research center. Here, machines with fluidic movements interacted with holographic displays, seemingly operating without any human intervention. These machines seemed sentient, displaying behavior that indicated problem-solving and, possibly, emotion. They reacted to the drone's presence, not with hostility, but a gentle curiosity, their motions almost mirroring that of living organisms observing a foreign creature. In a sprawling open plaza, a drone captured structures resembling trees, but instead of leaves, they bore crystalline formations. These trees pulsed with energy, absorbing ambient light, and seemingly converting it into another form of power. Around the base of these structures, storage devices accumulated this energy, glowing brighter as they filled. It was a natural and harmonious way of harnessing energy, a method that made even the most advanced human solar panels seem rudimentary. Yet another drone relayed images of a vast amphitheater where floating orbs projected three-dimensional memories, like ghostly replays of the past. Scenes of daily life, scientific achievements, cultural ceremonies, and more were displayed in hyper-realistic detail. This was not just a method of recording but a way of preserving the very essence of experiences. Every corner of the city bore relics that defied current human comprehension. It was a place where science and art merged seamlessly, where function did not compromise beauty, and where machines and the environment coexisted in perfect symbiosis. The explorers, while watching these marvels, felt a mix of emotions, wonder at the advancements, envy for the harmony achieved, and sadness for the apparent loss of such a civilization. The drones brought them not just images but also an overwhelming realization of the vastness and potential of the universe, with secrets waiting to be unraveled in its depths. 
The city was not just a testament to technological marvels, it was also a mausoleum of stories, of legacies long gone. As drones skimmed the vast facades of grand edifices and intimate chambers, they started to relay images of intricately engraved walls. These weren't just artistic embellishments, they were chronicles, vivid records of epochs and ages, meticulously detailed for posterity. One expansive mural depicted a civilization that thrived amidst colossal trees, their structures organically grown rather than constructed, symbiotically living with the vast forests surrounding them. These beings seemed to communicate through luminescent patterns on their skin, a visual symphony of thoughts and emotions. But as the drone followed the narrative, the file panels showed the massive trees withering, the skies turning a corrosive shade, and the beings fading into luminescent mists, leaving behind only their towering organic homes. Another chamber portrayed a society that existed above the clouds on floating islands that meandered through the skies. They had wings not of feathers, but of shimmering membranes and they danced in the air, their lives a ballet of flight. However, their chronicle ended in a tempest of raging storms, with islands crashing and the winged beings plummeting into the abyss below. Yet another etching showcased a race that thrived deep within the Earth's crust, drawing energy from the planet's molten core. Their world was a mesmerizing display of crystalline caves and glowing rivers. But their conclusion was marked by a cataclysmic event, an implosion that sucked their radiant cities into black holes of nothingness. Each narrative, no matter how varied, bore a common thread, a peak of cultural and technological evolution, followed by an unforeseen cataclysm leading to their ultimate demise. The scale of these extinctions was vast, apocalyptic, and seemingly unavoidable. The explorers, though separated by the confines of their vessel, shared a collective sorrow as they viewed these chronicles. Here was an entire archive of civilizations, each unique, each extraordinary, and each meeting a tragic end. It was a haunting reminder of the transience of existence, the cyclical nature of life, where even the most advanced beings couldn't escape their eventual fate. The city beneath them was more than just an underwater marvel, it was a repository of legacies, a silent witness to the grandeur and tragedies of the universe. And as the explorers would soon realize, they were not merely observers of these tales but intrinsically linked to the very narrative unfolding before them. Throughout the engravings and murals, amidst the tales of grandeur and downfall, a single emblem seemed omnipresent. At first, it appeared as a mere artistic motif, but as more and more instances of it were found, its deliberate placement became apparent. The symbol, an infinity loop, timeless and boundless, but within its endless twist, an hourglass was seamlessly integrated. The sands in the hourglass seemed to flow not just vertically but in swirling, chaotic patterns, as if influenced by unseen forces. The union of these two symbols, one representing perpetuity and the other temporal finiteness, was perplexing. The drones captured this emblem from various locations, engraved atop grand entrances, at the center of public squares, and even imprinted on some of the sentient machines they had encountered earlier. Its ubiquity was undeniable, but its interpretation was elusive. Back in the submarine, the crew analyzed the symbol, 
cross-referencing with every known database, every culture, every script. But this symbol was unique to the sunken city, its origins and implications shrouded in mystery. However, as they delved deeper, a sense of foreboding crept in. The intertwining of eternity with the inexorable passage of time suggested a cycle, but not the harmonious kind. It hinted at a loop, perhaps of existence, of rise and fall, of glory and oblivion, repeated endlessly. The city and its extinct inhabitants might have been trapped in this loop, their zeniths always shadowed by inevitable downfalls, only to rise and fall again. The sense of unease grew palpable. The submarine's atmosphere grew thick with tension, the crew's earlier excitement now overshadowed by the weight of the symbol's potential implications. The explorers were beginning to sense that the sunken city wasn't just a remnant of a bygone era, but perhaps a harbinger, a cautionary tale echoing through time and space. As they continued their journey, with every glowing street and majestic tower they passed, the emblem served as a somber reminder, its presence echoing a silent warning. The city's marvels were not just feats of unparalleled advancement, they were also beacons of a cycle that the explorers were only beginning to grasp. The discovery of the emblem had shifted the mood aboard the submarine from one of wonder to an urgent need for extraction. The city, once enchanting in its mysterious beauty, now felt like a trap, its every corner hiding the echo of civilizations doomed to repeat their end. Initiating the submarine's propulsion systems, the crew plotted a direct course for the surface. The engines roared to life, and the vessel began its ascent. But within moments, the sonar revealed a perplexing detail, they weren't moving upwards. Instead, they were being pulled back, deeper into the heart of the city. The towering skyscrapers, with their luminescent facades, seemed to close in on them. Alleyways and plazas that were once vast and inviting now felt like confining mazes, shifting and rearranging as if the city itself was alive and refusing to let them go. Desperation fueled their attempts. The captain tried alternative routes, zigzagging through the streets, soaring over buildings, and even diving into underwater tunnels that snaked beneath the city's foundation. But each path they took, each corridor they traversed, led them right back to the city's pulsating core. It was as if they were caught in a web, a spatial anomaly where every exit was an illusion. The drones, once their eyes into the marvels of the city, were now sent out as scouts, searching for a genuine escape route. But one by one, their signals were lost, their final feeds showing spirals of light and shadow before going dark. The crew's efforts grew frantic. The once steady hands of the navigator trembled as he tried to decipher the labyrinth, while the engineer pushed the submarine's engines to their limits, sending ripples through the surrounding waters with their force. But the city's grip was unyielding. Each high-speed chase through the streets, each evasive maneuver, was met with the haunting familiarity of landmarks they had passed countless times before. Time, already distorted within the city's bounds, seemed to play tricks on them. Hours felt like minutes, and yet their escape felt like an eternity. The atmosphere inside the submarine grew thick with despair and exhaustion. But surrender wasn't an option. 
They knew they had to break free from the city's pall, or risk becoming another chapter in its endless cycle of rise and demise. The relentless race against the unseen force continued, with the heart of the city beckoning them at every turn. The realization struck them slowly, this wasn't merely spatial entrapment. The city was warping time itself. As the submarine surged forward, the very fabric of the environment underwent violent fluctuations, oscillating between epochs, evolving and evolving in rapid succession. One moment, they were surrounded by the pristine, technologically advanced metropolis they had first discovered, shimmering towers reached out towards the ocean surface, sentient machines floated by, and the energy-harnessing trees pulsed vibrantly. The very next moment, those same structures were reduced to ruins, moss-covered and eroded by eons, the machines lifeless and the trees mere skeletal remnants. Then, in a blink, the cityscape shifted again, regressing to a more primitive state. Buildings were now simpler, the materials rudimentary, and the streets devoid of the advanced machinery, replaced by organic life forms, swimming through. It was as if they were witnessing the city in its nascent stage. The sheer velocity of these temporal transitions was disorienting. The crew clung to their stations, their eyes fixed on the monitors, trying to make sense of the chronological chaos unfolding around them. The interior lights of the submarine flickered in rhythm with the city's temporal throes, casting eerie shadows that danced to the beat of time's whims. Every attempt to break free seemed to not only loop them spatially but also thrust them randomly through the city's timeline. The once cohesive narrative of the city, told through its engravings and relics, now played out in real time, albeit disjointedly. At times, the submarine found itself in periods of catastrophic events. Torrential currents would suddenly rage around them, remnants of some ancient storm or disaster, only to be replaced by serene waters as time jumped once more. As the boundaries of past, present, and future blurred, so did the crew's perception of their own reality. Were they mere observers, caught in a temporal maelstrom, or were they becoming an integral part of the city's history, destined to be replayed in its cyclical chronicle? The lines between observation and participation, between being external visitors and intrinsic parts of the narrative, began to blur, adding another layer of complexity to their dire predicament. In the midst of the temporal tempest, amidst the barrage of images and sensations, one drone feed froze the crew in place. The drone, hovering near a particularly ornate building, relayed an image of an engraving. But this wasn't like the others depicting unknown civilizations. This was hauntingly familiar. They were depicted. The submarine, in meticulous detail, was etched into the very foundations of the city. Surrounding it were figures, unmistakably human, in outfits that eerily mirrored those worn by the crew. The figures were engaged in various activities, some studying the floating platforms, others interacting with the sentient machines, and a few stood near what looked like an older model of their own submarine. The depiction was not just an image but a sequence, a story. It showcased the submarine's arrival, the crew's exploration, their awe, and, ultimately, their frantic attempts to escape, a haunting mirror of their current predicament. 
a chilling realization descended. They were not just trapped in the city's spatial and temporal maze, they were part of its history, woven into the fabric of its existence. Every move they made, every desperate attempt to escape, had already been recorded, foretold, and replayed countless times. They were ensnared in the very loop the emblem had alluded to. The implications were staggering. Did this mean their fate was preordained? That every action, no matter how spontaneous it felt, was merely a repetition of a script written eons ago. The weight of this revelation bore down on them, each crew member grappling with the duality of their existence, as explorers from a distant land and as age-old inhabitants of the abyssal city. As the gravity of the revelation settled in, the crew faced an existential dilemma. Were they merely pawns in a predestined play, or could they break the cycle, rewrite their fate, and forge a new narrative for both themselves and the city. The urgency to escape transformed from a physical need to a metaphysical quest, one that transcended the boundaries of time and space. In the submarine's communication center, a frenzied flurry of activity ensued. The radio operator, fingers trembling, tried to breach the dense water barrier to relay a message to their base. Static filled the air, but amidst the white noise, a transmission emerged. The voice was familiar, tinged with desperation. Do not venture further. Turn back now. It crackled. The crew exchanged glances, recognizing the voice. It was their own captain. The message was followed by a series of coordinates, similar to their own, and guidelines on how to navigate the labyrinthine streets. There were more messages, all variations of warnings and distress calls, each eerily familiar. It became apparent that these weren't communications from the surface, but echoes of their own attempts, bouncing back from the abyss of time. Each distress call was a chilling testament to their repeated entrapments, an auditory diary of their countless endeavors to escape this temporal snare. The ship's logbook, typically used to record new findings, began filling itself. Pages turned on their own, revealing previous entries from what seemed to be earlier expeditions. The content was repetitive, a discovery of the city, or, confusion, the revelation of their entanglement in the city's history, and desperate escape attempts. Each entry ended with a pledge to break the cycle, a hope to chart a new course, and a warning for any future iteration of themselves. It was a library of their failures, a testament to time's cruel game. A chilling sense of isolation descended. Not only were they trapped in a loop of their own actions, but they were also severed from their timeline, isolated from any external aid. Their only companions in this desolate realm, were the distorted reflections of their past and future selves. The infinite loop emblem, now a haunting presence in their minds, seemed to mock them. Time wasn't just an abstract concept here, it was a tangible force, a relentless warden ensuring they remained incarcerated in its never-ending prison. The crew, once driven by curiosity and the thrill of discovery, now felt the oppressive weight of eternity pressing down on them. The vastness of the ocean above was dwarfed by the infiniteness of the temporal abyss they found themselves ensnared within. In a last-ditch act of defiance, the captain, 
with a nod of agreement from the crew, made the harrowing decision to shut down every system on the submarine. The idea was simple, if they could stop all actions, halt their own timeline, perhaps they could momentarily break free from the loop, find a crack in the prison. The hum of machinery ceased, the soft glow of monitors faded, and the ever-present ambient light from the city was blocked out by the submarine's opaque hull. They were enveloped in an absolute darkness, a void so profound it felt palpable. Time, in that impenetrable blackness, lost all meaning. Minutes felt like hours, hours felt like seconds. The explorers sat, motionless, lost in their thoughts, confronting the crushing truth of their existence. They weren't here merely to observe an ancient civilization. They were, the ancient civilization. The cycle had played out countless times. Their memories of the world above, of a life beyond this submerged city, began to feel like distant dreams, perhaps implanted, or mere fabrications of a mind trying to make sense of an incomprehensible reality. The vast oceans they'd explored, the world they'd known, the families they remembered, all seemed intangible now, as if they had never been anything more than a mirage. Resigned and defeated, they began to accept their fate. Every discovery they made, every shock they felt, every desperate plan they hatched, all had been experienced countless times before. The submarine's arrival, the awe of the city's splendor, the terror of the time loops, even the very act of shutting down to break the cycle, it had all been preordained, etched into the annals of the city's history. As the truth sunk in, a sense of eerie calm settled over the crew. The frantic need to escape, to fight against the chains of time, gave way to acceptance. They were the city's eternal inhabitants, doomed to rediscover themselves, replay their tragedy, and feed the city's insatiable hunger for repetition. In that profound darkness, amidst the stillness of defeat, a shift occurred. A new determination began to kindle within them, not of escape, but of understanding. If they were to be this city's eternal prisoners, they'd seek to comprehend its mysteries, to decode the enigma of their existence. The end of one journey marked the beginning of another. Amid the weighty silence, a soft, unintended brush against the submarines in a wall by an explorer triggered something unforeseen. A barely perceptible click resonated through the vessel. Almost immediately, the submarine vibrated slightly, as if recognizing a long-forgotten command. Intricate patterns of light began to form on a previously unnoticed panel, displaying a cascade of undecipherable symbols, which soon formed a sequence, cycling faster and faster. Outside, the entire submerged city responded in kind. A symphony of lights from every structure, every road, every device began pulsating, synchronizing with the rhythm of the submarine's newfound heartbeat. And then, as suddenly as it began, darkness. The luminous brilliance of the city faded, swallowed by the void of the abyss, returning the ocean to its primeval state of inky blackness. The crew, still reeling from the abrupt shift, felt a force propelling the submarine upwards. The ascent was rapid, pressing them into their seats. The suffocating dark began to give way to a dim light, growing steadily brighter. And then, daylight. But not the gentle, 
filtered sunlight of the ocean's surface. It was the glaring brightness of an open sky, untainted by water. The submarine had emerged not into the vast expanse of the sea, but into the heart of a sprawling city. The explorers gazed out, trying to make sense of their surroundings. Gigantic skyscrapers, not of stone or metal, but of translucent materials unknown to them, stretched out as far as the eye could see. Roads were not roads, but streams of light guiding floating vehicles. People, or what seemed to be people, moved around, some flying with devices, others communicating through holographic projections. The architecture, the technology, the very atmosphere bore a haunting resemblance to the sunken city they had just left, but it was unmistakably different, more advanced, more ethereal. It was a mirror, not of the past, but of an uncharted future. The realization hit them, they hadn't broken the loop, they had merely transitioned to another iteration. Their escape from the abyss was not a return to their known reality, but an entry into a new enigma. The city, with its familiar yet futuristic allure, beckoned them. The crew, still in their submarine but now amidst skyscrapers of the sky rather than the sea, prepared to embark on their next exploration. Their previous despair was replaced by a newfound resolve. The loop had changed, but the spirit of discovery remained unbroken. The adventure was, indeed, only just beginning.